HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Tabard Inn, new American cuisine in one of Washington, D.C.'s oldest hotels, located in DuPont Circle. For more information, visit tabardinn.com. Today's program has been brought to you by Route 11 Potato Chips. Made with a secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. For more information, visit www.rt11.com. I'm Souther Teague of Amoria Margo and a co-host of The Speakeasy right here on Heritage Radio Network. You know, my favorite thing to do every week is to come here and be on the show. I have lots of jobs. I am a very busy person. Um, and I do this because I love it. I get to sit down and talk to all my heroes for about an hour every week. It's incredible. And I hope that you enjoy it, making a great effort to share with you. And we'd like you to share back with us. It's our summer fundraiser, and we'd love for you to donate uh, at heritageradionetwork.org forward slash donate. You can click on the beating heart, and you can even choose shows that you'd like to donate to specifically. And you can also choose a recurring monthly uh, gift. Uh, and for all that, we'd be greatly appreciative. Thank you so much. I'm HRN's Communications Director, Kat Johnson, with a preview of the next episode of Meet and 3, our weekly food news roundup. We're fresh off our trip to Slow Food Nations in Denver, a festival that brought together advocates to discuss the future of food. And this week, we're bringing you a special episode inspired by the new Equity, Inclusion, and Justice Manifesto released by Slow Food USA. If we're going to solve food security, we need to say these people have a right to good, healthful food. But we have to do that in a way that kind of insulates this system from the vagaries of the market. Because when you're at a table with somebody, you recognize their humanity. And when somebody cooks for you and serves you food, in a way they're saying they care about your survival. How can we put things into our own hands and have the people of Puerto Rico gain real access to healthy local foods? Listen to Meet and 3 this week for our highlights from Slow Food Nations, available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in them rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you some in the end. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. And my name is Southern Teague. Southern! Hey, buddy. How you doing, buddy? I'm excited. <laughs> Here we go. Explore the room, man. Explore the room. <laughs> I'm excited. I, I, you and I both fly out tomorrow. You, not, you not go at the in the same morning. time. Yeah. 
I, and go, I go in the afternoon. Like, well, I like go a at, smart person. I go at noonish, but I go from <laughs> Newark. Why? Uh, <laughs> uh, because I uh, I didn't pay for my ticket. The, the my sponsor for my talk paid for my ticket, and that's the airport they chose to fly me out of. Man, they yeah. wanted to save fifteen dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, by making me take a hundred dollar car <laughs> ride out <Yeah>. there. <laughs> I had uh, <laughs> I had uh, an ex girlfriend who worked for this big corporation, and she got like free uh, uh, like car service, like rides all the time. So mm-hmm. she would always get me free cars to and from Newark Airport. So it wasn't that big of a deal. Uh, that was nice, <laughs> right? <laughs> Anyway, and also they have like tons of like really great like bars and restaurants in there these days, and there's still like the like on the go like OTG stupid bullshit thing where like you have to like you know order for an, uh, from an iPad. I hate that shit. Yeah, yeah but but then there, really there, ma- so it really disconnects spots. you to service. <laughs> there, there are spots in the Newark Airport. That yeah, are yeah. Good. There's no JFK. Thanks again, Jason Latrell, for setting that up. <laughs> you know he, he did that. Yeah. Ugh. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, Jason. Uh, <laughs> big Daddy. Um, Dude, what what? Uh, what so you we're going, going down. To, let's yeah. talk about New Orleans. We're going down to New Orleans because it's Tales of the Cocktail. It's that time right. of year. That time of year again. Um, I'm excited to go down and see a lot of the changes that have been made. A lot more inclusivity going on at Tales of the Cocktail. Um, right. It's I under new management. Yeah, I mentioned last week that it's uh, um, there's a the first ever LGBTQ event is being mm-hmm. held down there, which is going to be great. Um, but a lot more inclusivity is happening, um, and a lot more diversity of the panels that's going on. Like, I think it's going to be great this year. And then, of course, you and I are going down to the award ceremony because we've been nominated for best broadcast podcast or video series. And thank you to all of our thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, it's a standing ovation in the studio. Thanks to all of our listeners out there and all the supporters, everyone who's donated to the station, and and everyone who's like really helped us turn this into a really fun awesome show that's got a lot of uh it's got it's got pretty big reach you know we're in we got legs baby how many countries are we in now oh my god number of countries i don't know i can look it up while we're on the show though i I have access to that stuff now yeah i'm like a real boy that's why i asked because (laughs) they emailed me the access yeah anyway so thank you to everyone for all your continued support and uh Please do hit us up. You know, it's uh, Speakeasy Podcast on Instagram and Speakeasy Radio on Twitter. Hit us up. We're going to be running around all over town uh, the entire time, uh, starting from tomorrow to Monday. You're leaving on Monday as well, right? Yep. I fly back Monday morning. Okay. Um, and then, and <laughs> Again, then, and then, I fly back Monday afternoon. And then right back to smart. the grind. Yeah, because you're smart. <laughs> and then right back to the grind, you know, um, the shutdown going on here in New York City where the two largest liquor distributors shut down for two weeks at the same time every year. Which is really three weeks. Uh, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> that kind of blew our plans to get windmill open on time. So, But, but we, we ch- decided to do some more uh, construction, so we, we're changing a little bit of the look. Hey, it's, but it, hopefully, it's, it's hopefully, an opportunity to tighten up some... some ho- hopefully we'll get missions. windmill open in a week. So that'll be my new bar, the very French-influenced bar down on Clinton Street. So... You're opening you you open Blue Quarter and then you're opening Windmill. Um, yeah, because how many more bars do you think you'll open this year? Uh, let's see. <laughs> um, well, are I you mean, doing the math right now? You're on your phone. I am. I'm typing in stuff. I don't want to <laughs> get get uh, ahead of myself, but we did put in a bid on a space in Williamsburg. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> to do a Mori Margot too. Whoa, that's the big secret. Another Mori Margot. That's crazy. Well, we'll see if we get Good the space. Good for you, man. That's great. We'll see if we get the space. Hey. Anyway, speaking of spaces, let's talk about a really tiny one. Um, and also... What? About 
the very smart people in the world. Oh, yeah. Well, we're going to talk with one of them. Uh, in the studio today, we have uh, uh, the bar beverage director of Threesome Tollbooth, which I went to, I told you I went to. Mm-hmm. It's the yeah. bar in Bush, Bushwick that seats literally two people, plus the bartender. That's your threesome. Uh, very deeply experiential. Sounds provocative. It's really cool. I, and, and, I, and the thing is, I don't know how much we can talk about it today. But Jesse Shadlower is in the studio. Hey, Jesse, what's up? Hey, how are you? Thanks uh, for having me. Yeah, welcome to the show. Super excited to have you. Also, super excited to find out. Damon and I both found this out today, and we're both giddy about it. Uh, you were, you're listed as one of New York City's 100 smartest people by New York Magazine. Uh, I knew an editor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's how, <laughs> that's how we got this show. That's how we get on yeah, the air every, yeah. every day. If, don't if break the been... fourth wall. Yeah. <laughs> if I had been one of the hundred smartest people in my office building at the time, I'd be happy. Yeah. And then, uh, well, I mean, I mean, that's a huge number. A uh, hundred smartest people in New York, that means you're probably easily inside the 500 in the world, right? <laughs> like, that's huge. Well, again, if it were true, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> your modesty is glowing. Uh, also in the studio, you know, Andrew, I don't know your last name. Poitras. Andrew Poitras, who uh, brought us some gifts from Jägermeister uh, to stock up our bar. A whole bunch of bar tools. A bunch of bar tools. We now have a mixing glass and a shaker. Like the whole and that's a whole kit. There's yeah. a spoon and Thank you. a hawthorn and a julep and a peeler and a knife and a cutting board. Like It's a little gig bag. It's got and it an all. An atomizer that looks like an it's An atomizer. <laughs> I just appreciate you, guys, appreciate you guys' service, and I want to make sure you can always have access to getting people drunk wherever you are. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a go kit. It can go anywhere. All right, <laughs> uh, and they can also hang out right here at our our studio bar. Uh, so, also, you're an author, Jess. You wrote a book called The F Word. It's been out for a little bit of time, and it's basically just a long form definition of the word fuck. P.S. You can swear on the show. Um, so, so don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And you did that while or because you were also working for the English Oxford Dictionary. Um, Let's talk about the book. Sure. <laughs> Screw <well>. the bar. <laughs> uh, this is now a literary show. We got a smart person on. <laughs> uh, when I uh, before bartending, I, I'm uh, I, I'm a lexicographer. I write dictionaries. So I spent many years at the Oxford English Dictionary. Before that, I was at Random House in their dictionary department. And the book originally came out at Random House. Uh, so we had published a multi-volume uh, scholarly dictionary of slang, and the book originally came out of that. And the it's now in the third edition, which came out, which was published by Oxford when I was there, uh, and is much more expanded. I mean, the third edition came out after the rise of the internet and ease of research and all that. So sure. it's literally twice the size of the second edition, and it is in fact a scholarly scholarly exploration of the history of the word fuck. What, it, how did okay first? I have so many questions. Yeah, yeah. How did you pitch this book, and how did you get a person at Random House to go? Yeah, we'll write a book called the F word. Uh, it actually took a long time because I thought no one will go for this. This will be the most ridiculous thing ever. So again, we, we were working on this multi-volume uh, dictionary of slang that was taking many years to do, and that was expensive and scholarly, and uh, there was a lot of interesting stuff in that. But most people wouldn't see that because it was not the kind of book that you would just buy. And I thought, well, you know, what if we take all the F word, like everyone, want, like how many pages does fuck take up? And like, this is really cool. Uh, what if we took that and published it as a separate book? And I sat on this idea for a year because I knew if I said that, I would get laughed out of an editorial meeting. And finally, I brought it up and someone said, oh, that's great. That's Yes, let's do that. Uh, what so made you? What, what turned the corner? What made you get brave? And what, what, what do you think changed their mind? Uh, I th- well, no one was opposed to it. I, I well, just hadn't mentioned it. I mean, the only thing you that, just thought they were going to be. I, I assumed they were, and I only brought it up because we were sitting in some editorial meeting, and no one had anything interesting to say, and it was getting kind of embarrassing. So I thought, well, I might as well mention this stupid idea I had, and and it wasn't so stupid. Well, yeah. maybe it was, but there's a book anyway. So yeah, 
and, and it's great. I have a copy. I actually brought it when I went to the, the toll booth for you to sign because I'm nerdy mm, like thank that. Thank you. Um, I can't. I actually, I can't remember right the second what you signed in there, but you signed something to, in, in in your signature. It said "fuck," <laughs> which I thought was apropos. I got to figure out what my signature is going to be. <clears throat> Everybody has their thing. Brad says "stay bitter," and uh, you know Dale draws that little your, martini glass. Uh, your tagline, not your signature. Have, you you have to have a signature. Have you ever written a check? Well, you, uh, Come on, I, only on my phone. You ever you ever paid with a credit card at a bar? Only on my phone. <laughs> You've never I know my book? signature, but my yeah, my, <laughs> my my thing. What am I going to say? I don't know. Um, so, you work for dictionaries. That's mm-hmm. a smart guy's job. Um, <laughs> how does one get that job? Uh, almost always by chance. Uh, <laughs> uh, seriously, like no one no one plans to become a dictionary editor, and the people that do aren't are probably not going to be very good at it. Uh, you want to get people who have sort of dropped out of grad school in the humanities at some point and you know don't really know what they're doing and is, and, are and you describing there. yourself right now? Uh, I am, but in fact, I am describing <laughs> it. Like, you don't want people who have finished grad school because people who have actually finished their PhDs, they usually think, well, uh, this is interesting. I can research this for four more years. It's like, no, actually, you have 23 things to get done in the next hour and a half, so you can't research this anymore. Right. You know, so the people who dropped out of grad school uh, you know, still think they need to rush things along. Got it. So, so, like, as far as uh, the the word "fuck" and like the like you were talking about, you'd mentioned before about like slang and stuff like that. Like, were you dealing with like different uh, different languages and dialects? Like, like for instance, like Parisian French and like uh, like like Tokyo Japanese. Like, mm-hmm. there's like different like cities have different slangs and like different like kind of cadence and and cultural like like drive behind the way they speak mm-hmm. was this like coming from that like like when you're like like the british like ah that that fucking fuck you know like as a noun or like mm-hmm. the, the adverb or, or adjective like is it like were you just like in- well so slang worldwide is something i'm certainly interested in for this book it was just the word fuck in english uh so in fact in the first edition i did have a small uh uh, a small appendix listing equivalents in other languages, but in fact, it's it's hard. It, it didn't really work. It didn't make sense because um, there isn't always an equivalent, and spending any time describing what the issues were uh, wouldn't have really. It, it didn't work, so we pulled that out of later things. Uh, but it is looking at English around the world, so there are things in there that are specifically British English, specifically American, specifically Australian, uh, one or two specifically Canadian things, uh, but but just English examples of the word fuck. Yeah. We were on the train today, and I uh, just happened upon uh, the pianist in my band, um, and he was like, we were telling him about uh, the, the conversation we're going to have today on the show, and he asked, he was like, what's, what's the actual like etymology of in history of like, the word fucking, like, where does it actually come from? Do you, is there a, a hard, like, for instance, like, we know that, like, the first time cocktail was seen in print was in 1806, and then like maybe it was actually like printed in 1795 before that. But like, when was the first time that there was a documentation of the word "fuck"? Well, this is something that there's a little bit of. Uh, there have been. There's rec- going to be wiggle room, right? There, well, there's re- wiggle room, and there are recent discoveries that have changed things. Um, the earliest example that is you know extremely clear and there's no argument about is from the late 15th century. We don't have an exact date. Um, and it's in a manuscript, uh, it's in a poem that satirizes the monks of this particular monastery in Cambridgeshire. And uh, there are several scurrilous things in there. The word fuck appears, the word swive, which is the usual Middle English word for sex. 
Um, and in both cases, these words are written in a, in a cipher where they're replaced by the following letter of the alphabet. So, you know, F begins, you know, the, the, the fuck word begins with letter G. Um, and swive appears the same way. So we know exactly what's going on. And this also shows that even at this time, the first example, uh, the word was considered taboo. Um, in any case, there are earlier things that might be related uh, that are a bit hard to discuss, but the one that was a very recent discovery uh, two years ago, three years ago, someone discovered uh, in court records from 1310, and in this case we know exactly when it's from because it really is in, in legal sources, um, there was a court case in, in Cheshire in England uh, involving someone whose name was uh, uh, Roger uh, Fuck by the Naval. Seriously, so this appears three times, spelled slightly differently, you know, in this court case, and this is given as his actual name. Again, it's not a joke. This is his name, and there is certainly a history of people with unusual names or, or names representing certain things. Um, so, for various reasons, things, place names or, or personal names using words are sometimes considered outside of you know the true history of words. Uh, but it, it and precisely what this means, people have discussed. Like, does this mean that he is someone so stupid that he thinks that this is how you copulate? You know, it's it's not clear exactly how we're supposed to interpret it. But it seems like a sexual interpretation is the only possible thing for this. But wouldn't that imply then that the word was still older than thirteen ten? Uh, it because, does imply that. Yes, right, because, of course. And um, also, everyone's name back then was given like. Johnson was the son of John. Right, but there, there are different ways that, that one can have names. Some of them are patronymics like that, but there are, there are uh, you know, um, you know job-related names, Miller, whatever. There are a lot of different ways names uh, can, can arise. So a description of what someone is like could certainly be one of them. Um, but yes. Uh, the, so they used his nickname in court. Well, <laughs> apparently, I mean, it, it's not clear if it was a nickname. Like or to that, say he's like, yeah. so what was the case about? <laughs> uh, it, it was an assault case. <laughs> Uh, he, he, yeah. was, he was in trouble so for John, various times. John he got mad at someone for like making John fun of Fuckwit his name. Was in a, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, it's, it's probably the equivalent of John Fuckwit, something like it's that. It's kind of weird. Like, I've never really thought about like the the assignment of names to people like so much. People, but places, you know, people, places like. I mean, hell, like and, and, cocktails. I mean, like we have a lot of fun naming cocktails, you know. Sure. And, but like, just like the assignment of names to things. I mean, like I, even. Well, we Even just, colors, like like there was no word for blue until like what like I think it was like the fourteenth century. Yeah, there's, a, there's century, a whole book about that, that too. How how uh, even in, in the, a lot of Greek writing, there was no word for blue. They would they would say the water was inky or dark or well, the, the, the cloudy. W- the, the wine dark sea. But in fact, uh, it, it turns out that a lot of that is all, like uh, the way that the Greeks referred to color, it doesn't represent the exact, what me, we mean when we talk about color. So the words uh, words in ancient Greek tend to reflect uh, sort of the tone, you know, the depth of color rather than the... the it's um, like more like emotionally shade. driven, it seems like. Well, and also you know, the, the very nature of literally every word is that we made them up, right? Right. And we're continuing mm-hmm. to make them up. And how do you communicate with, like, people in other galaxies, you know? Like, that, it's, it's, and, like when... Those when, people don't exist. When, like, the... Well, when the <laughs> pioneer... We are alone. <laughs> when the pioneer went out and they have, like, the, the plaque on the side yeah, of it yeah, that exactly. has, like, the drawing of, like, a male and a female, like, and, human and form. A, and, and sort like, of a map back to us. Yeah, like a map of the, the Milky Way galaxy. It's like... Like... Who's to even say that like they're going to be able to translate that just like like visually? Right. Well, we're hopeful. All right, we're veering off quite a bit, yeah, but I like it. I like. I feel like I'm just like 
like did we're, a well, we're big, going on big vacation tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> we're going on vacation tomorrow. We've, we've got our one foot out the door. I'm and, an interesting... And Jesse's already on vacation. Well, not quite. You're closing all of August, right? Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> what you got, Andrew? Jump Sorry, in. I, I just I I had this on my mind. Is there another? Uh, is there an, a word other than fuck that is as versatile? Like like how Damon mentioned a few minutes ago. You know, we'll use it as a noun. We'll use it as an. I mean, you can do it. You can describe something as a being verb, fucky, an adjective, <laughs> fuckery. Uh, yeah, it's used okay. in many different parts. So, of is speech. there is there another word, slang or not slang, that would be that versatile? Uh, there are words that are used in a tremendous number of parts of speech and senses. I was and, trying to think of one, know, and I couldn't. Well, while so, um, typically, the versatility like, of of fuck is mm-hmm. just very profound. Mm-hmm. I like to say ding dong. Like I I, I, I will say ding dongery. You ding dong, stop ding donging around. Yeah, and I, also it's kind of kid, fr- it's kind of kid friendly, you know. So like, <laughs> it's definitely better just, than fuck. You're just substituting. Yeah, mm-hmm. do you do you have an example off your well, head? Well, in in the language as a whole, words like set or run usually fall into this category, where there are just a tremendous number of uses in different sure. compounds, parts of speech, and so forth. Uh, for slang, fuck is pretty much it. I mean, words that the are king. Um, shit is very is also extremely flexible. Um, but other than that, nothing tends to be as broad. Uh, and in particular, when, when you're talking about the most offensive word, you know, fuck comes up a lot, you know, and partly because it is so much more uh, broad in its use. Uh, so uh, cunt, for example, which is usually regarded as more offensive than fuck, nonetheless, its, it's use is Not very, very in limited. In the United States, but in, in the UK, in, in it's more it's, like... Um, yeah, it's, it's all, I, think, it, I feel it, like it's broader there, there, still, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like when I'm in London, uh, they mm-hmm. pitch the word cunt around like we pitch the word fuck around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But also, like, it's, it, like, the word fuck is extremely satisfying. Like, if you're like... If you're frustrated and you're like, you, you, between like being like, you know what, I'm just not having a really, I'm not having the greatest of days. Between that, saying that, and being like, fuck! Yeah. You know, what are you yeah, going to yeah. go for? Just one simple exclamation yeah. can right. sum it up for everybody. And that's, that's actually true across a number of languages <clears throat> where words that are used for that kind of thing tend to have, you know, plosive, you know, like that kind of, uh, that kind of consonant sound. In you, ding you, dong doesn't work the same way, by the way. Ding not dong is satisfying. Context, but not in I that context. Say. Not in that way. You're, di- you're having like, a really ding bad... Ding dong! <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> but My uncle well, you can say, do that, but I'm going to laugh at you. My uncle used to say John what? Brown. John Brown? As in he'd say, John Brown it! Like, God damn it. <laughs> Fudge. Fudge. John Brown. Fudge. Fudge. I will say this, because he never swore, on the rare occasions when he would, we would tremble. Oh, when yeah. he was upset enough to say a swear word, we would be like, oh. The highs are high and the lows are low. We are in trouble. Yeah, what do you think <clears throat> about the, the idea that like uh, some people, like, they're, they're, a whatever search, people say that like uh, people who curse... Are typically smarter. Yeah, I've seen that. What do you, what think, do you think about, about that, Jesse? Yeah, you're smart. You're um, smart. Let's direct this question. You to wrote the a book about the saying fuck. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of things that go into. I mean, certainly the the idea that people who use uh, slang or any kind of offensive language are less smart. I mean, that's clearly ridiculous. Um, Not it, according to my eighth grade English teacher. <laughs> um, uh, as far as being more smart, it, it's more the notion that uh, you know that that people who are likely to use that are going to be less bothered by you know just random restrictions on speech right uh, so that if you're, that comfor- if you're comfortable saying that you're going to be you know more open-minded about things in general then like oh i can't say this because i'll be in trouble would suggest a closed-mindedness that would then apply to other things as well to, le- to lesser intelligence so i feel like the, the the when i have been like privy to these like different uh, articles that come up about like people who curse and like their level of intelligence what like even just before i even read the article 
just from the headline, I'm like, yeah, I get that. Because they're working smarter. Yeah, harder. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if, well, you, the, if you can get your point across by throwing out a profanity, rather than having to, like, explain hold the hands and explain the whole fucking thing, right. well, it's then, a, like, then I, I think you're a smarter person. I think it also goes to what, I'm probably going to misattribute the quote, but I think Ben Franklin somewhat famously said, I'd have written a shorter letter if I had more time. It's usually attributed to Voltaire, but, Voltaire, uh, yeah. but I, I believe it's not actually... Uh, it's a misattribution, I believe. Yeah, it's just a phrase that's out there. I'd have written a shorter letter if I had more time. Because <laughs> if I had more time, I'd be more concise. But because I didn't have enough time, I'm just getting it all out as fast as I can. Yeah. Right? I, I, I felt text that. I felt that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I felt that all the time just when I was writing the book. Like vocal vomit. <clears throat> well, we're at the half, so let's take a break uh, and hear from our sponsors and, and talk about uh, uh, you know our summer fun drive and all that fun stuff. Uh, we'll come right back. Uh, yeah, then with, let's talk about your bar. We'll, we'll your come right back and talk about the tiniest bar. bar that I know of. I, uh, there can't be a smaller bar than two seats, can there? I mean, the like smallest there's probably, ones there's, I know there, of are like there could in Japan be others, are like four seats. There could be others that are two seats, but I don't think there's a smaller bar. Uh, we, we don't know of them. We've heard of cases where there has been a, a, a quote-unquote bar that only holds a single person, but this is not a regular thing. It's, it's like usually, you give someone a drink and you put them into a phone booth or things like that. Yeah. Sure. Uh, it's heard, usually heard about the that speakeasy on Heritage Radio where Southern and I are just talking to each other like and cracking some of these bottles that people brought us. Yeah. <laughs> I might, might want to crack into some of that crazy Mexican rum we got last Let's week. do it. Let's right. do it on the break. We'll be right back with Jesse Shadlower. 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 Damn it. I blow it every time. <laughs> Fuck. We'll be right back with Jesse Shadlower. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> that, you, that fuck placement was perfect. <laughs> The following program has been brought to you by Tabard Inn. Tabard Inn, Washington, D.C.'s quintessential small hotel, is located on a quiet, tree-lined street just five blocks from the White House. Vibrant yet unassuming, the Tabard is comprised of 40 sleeping rooms, each unique in character and design. Feast on eclectic American cuisine in their acclaimed restaurant, or enjoy a cocktail and listen to live jazz in one of their cozy Victorian seating areas. Mingle with travelers from around the world who find the Tabard the only place to stay when taking their travels to Washington. For more information, visit tabardin.com. The following program has been brought to you by Root 11 Potato Chips. From the moment Route 11 potato chips dropped their first batch of chips back in the early days of 1992, they understood their destiny as a high-quality producer. Instead of succumbing to the frenzy of mass production, they took advantage of their small size and made chipping a personal art form. The payoff was immediate. An incredible potato chip. With a secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. In this world of uncertainty that we live in, Route 11 Potato Chips believes comfort food should be just that. Know where your food comes from. For more information, visit rt11.com. We are back. I just want to read this real fast, get it out of the way. It's our annual summer fun drive. <clears throat> we need you to help Heritage Radio Network raise $25,000 before July 31st. We're on track to do it. 
So don't worry, but with your help, we'll get there. Invite, I'm inviting my listeners to come uh, to become a monthly recurring member. You can set up a monthly recurring donation and support the radio network throughout the year for just five bucks a month is, is the lowest in- increment or any increment you five can bucks. afford. Five bucks. That's it? A month. That's not even, you're not even buying us a drink. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like. Go for 15. 15 to drink. Buy me a drink every month. 20. Let's do 20. That's with a tip. Uh, so yeah, you can you can do <laughs> individual memberships Auto for grab. as low as five bucks. Uh, you can choose uh, the show you want to donate to, uh, or just the network as a whole. Uh, it's really cool. HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Please support our summer fun drive. Now we're back with Jesse, uh, and now we're finally going to talk about stuff we typically talk about, which is bar stuff. You have a bar called Threesome Toll Booth, and it's been around for how long now? It's about a year and a half. It's a year and a half old, and it seats two guests, and the bartender is the the third in this threesome. What? Yes. The fuck? <laughs> what, what were you thinking? Uh, and why? And all that stuff. Talk, talk to me about all of it. Well, so, so first you did a bunch of crazy, off-site, weird things. And that's kind of how this boiled up, right? Yes. Yeah, so, so go back to that. Well, so there were originally uh, two of us involved. My colleague, uh, N.D. Austin, uh, who primarily does experience design. And uh, there are a number of different things he's done. And uh, speakeasies... And by the way, we use, we're very careful about the word speakeasy. When we use this, we really mean illegal bars. We yeah. don't use speakeasy. Yeah, yeah, that's the only a, way know, I like it to be yeah, used. Yeah, a bar with, a, with no signage or anything like that. Sure. So um, we had, we've regularly have, uh, have had events where there are you know, true speakeasies, and the most famous of these was the Night Heron, which was about five years or so ago. So this was built into a water tower in Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, so nor- normally when we do things, they last for a weekend or you know, perhaps just a day, and you don't hear about them. Uh, this... Uh, we don't hear about it till it's over. Yeah, exactly. Well, you, you, you never you, hear about any of them until your entire over. business model was built on FOMO. Yeah, yeah <laughs> um, totally. And by the way, it's not a business model. The speakeasies, in this case, they're uh, ex- except for the night heron. They're just we do them for fun. They're just for the community. Other people doing underground things. Crime uh, for crime's sake. Yeah, uh, urbex, <laughs> ur- urbex type people. Crime for crime's sake. Um, you know the urbex crowd. Like they come. You know we we supply everything. They're just there for you know as our guests. Um, so. You know, the Night Heron got a lot of attention. It was an amazing event. So that's the first thing that I worked on him with. I had previously been to something else that he had hosted. Uh, so I, had, I bartended that. Uh, you know, he and his uh, uh, partner at the time were the main uh, driving forces behind getting that built and set up. How, let's pause right there for a sec. How, all the way back to that one, did you get selected to be the bartender? Because you've told me you didn't bartend before any of this. Um, no, I, uh, well. So you were going to go into this event, which was, was how many people did, showed up? Uh, well, it, it fit about you know about twenty, fifteen or so plus. Staff. You were kind of just a home bartender at that point. Yes, but just sort of weird, yeah, but, but a weird like location. That, yeah, but but the other thing about the speakeasies is that in general we could serve one drink. Sure, that's it. You know, we would bring glasses, not cups. I mean, real glasses, and we would do things the best we can. But every t- every kind of event like this, you're talking about you're carrying a fifty pound bag of ice up fifteen flights of stairs in the dark, sure, right. carrying a case of whiskey across a half mile of muddy Ugh. train tracks wherever we're going. So we couldn't be serving a full bar worth. Of stuff we would I come up really with, tired all of a sudden. No, you know, <laughs> yeah. so, so we would we would come up with one cocktail we were going to serve. That sure. would be we have no running water. You know, we bring in just a mister to clean out glasses, clean quote unquote. Yeah. Um, it's the best we can do, and it's always good. You know, we serve interesting drinks. We would you know uh, you know have garnishes of some sort, uh, but just one thing at a time. And we've always wanted to do something where we really could have a real bar, you know, where we're doing the things that we want to, uh, serving things you know a wide range of things, um, and something longer lasting where we can actually get set up and come back to it all the time instead of packing it in every single day um and well and that, generate revenue um <laughs> make a and, living and generate revenue sure uh, this is so, new york man you have to make money on everything yeah so we 
had various ideas about what we could do. And of course, you know, well, we're going to open up a bar, but our drinks will be good. Like, you know, everyone who opens up a bar says this. You know, like, what's, what's, you know, what's, what are we going to do? Is that the catch? Make good drinks? No. I'll start on the next Have project. Have you ever been to a Morimargo? I'll start on the next project. I don't know how they're still around. <laughs> oh, mind blown. <laughs> Make good drinks. Okay, that's the key. Wow, that was... Put thank that, you. Put that, that in my was, notebook. That was impressive. Yeah, thanks, Matt. <laughs> um, uh, so, so as part of some of the events that, that we had done, we had had unusual things like that. So we, we have a bar that fits into an attache case, and we would you know, we'd sit in the bottom of an actual closet, a functioning closet, just sit on the floor with a candle, make a single drink for a single person. That's so cool. We, we would do things like that. And we thought, well, this, this is a good thing we can do. Confessional booth. and like Yeah, confessional. You know, Notre Dame. Confessional booth, train, uh, you know, uh, train carriage kind of thing. Uh, like th- this can actually work. This would be, you know, this would be unusual and interesting and different. And you know, what do we need to do to give this a shot? And my colleague also, he, uh, 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 Andy Austin, he had had an experience for a couple that had been to several of our previous events, uh, wanted to do something special, and he set up a, a, well an experience in an, an actual toll booth, an abandoned toll booth on a highway in the Northeast, right, for a single couple. And that went incredibly well. So we thought, you know, like if we can get a bar super small. Like and that one just, was sort of contracted. They, they said, build us an experience or something? Yes. Was this like a marriage proposal or something? Uh, it was a couple uh, of some celebrity who had been dating ah. for a while and were going through some issues. And one of the members of the couple said, uh, I need to do something crazy, like you know, set, set something up for us. So, uh, you know, so it was a, a custom thing. That's yeah. great. That's really awesome. Yeah. I love that. How do you get into this business of experience creation? Yeah, anyway. I mean, I, I, we are in that business. But, right, but, like, but... You're talking about, like, very um, specific... Very like micro. Very, there, are, there are places that do it as, as an actual professional thing, and, and, and there are a lot of things that go into that, um, including you know, regular, just you know, running a bar, uh, immersive theater, which, sure. you know, which we've learned from, we've, we have some experience in, uh, and that sort of influences some of the things we, uh, we do. Now, I, I want to make sure that the listener is clear that we're not really going to talk about what goes on at your bar. Because it's so experiential, I don't want to blow it for anybody. But I got to go, and it was mm-hmm. great. Well, thank you. Uh, we, we can talk about things generally. I mean, the, the things that we don't want, <clears throat> we don't allow any photography inside yep. at all, because it really doesn't represent, you know, a photograph doesn't represent what it's actually like to be there. Do you and, check, check people's uh, phones at the door? Uh, mm-hmm. No, actually. In fact, phones are allowed. Uh, and but people, I would totally but, do but, that. Well, but people think <laughs> people think they're not. So, like, if people have their phone and the phone goes off, that's they, curiosity. They, yeah. It's a curiosity. You say no, no photos, and people suddenly think, okay, then the yeah. phone just can't even be on the table. Yeah, but they, they <laughs> when their phone buzzes, they apologize, they turn it off, they put it away. They think it's not. They, they don't want the phone there. And we agree that it's not the best thing to have phones. But if you want to, it's okay. But no one ever does. And yeah. and the experience, it's an hour, right? It's a soft hour. So we have an hour and a half between seatings. So it usually hour. runs an hour and five, an hour ten, maybe a bit longer. Uh, the time in between, I have to, you know, the bartender, uh, we have to hand wash 30 or 40 glasses and stirs and shakers and, you know, get more ice and get anything we ran out of. And if you're lucky, go to the bathroom. You know, so, uh, you know, an hour five, if an hour lucky. ten. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm serious. An hour five, an hour ten is fine. You know, once you get past that, it gets pretty tight to get all that done. Right. But it's not a set time. It's, it's a bit over an hour. And how does someone become a patron? Uh, there's a reservation system. We use the talk system. Uh, so uh, on the, the middle Monday of the month, uh, at 1 p.m., tickets go on sale for the following month. And uh, typically the entire month sells out in you know, 
15 minutes now. Uh, the period in, in the in the uh, the fall and the early so you gotta uh, be ready. Uh, the fall and the early winter after we had gotten some some uh, actual press. Uh, it was in the Times, right? New York yeah, Times. we were in the Times. We were in the New Yorker. Uh, you guys are like, you guys uh, are like Nine Inch Nails concert tickets. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, well, so the, the the entire month would sell for the first, I mean, uh, first twelve guests a night. That's basically six reservations per night, and you're only open four nights a week. Well, we're uh, uh, it's five five seatings a night. Oh, it's five seats. Yeah, so, so ten people. I thought it was six. Okay. Um, so uh, yeah, so the entire month would sell out in four minutes. And going back to what you said earlier about how you use the word speakeasy, you guys are not. A we're, we're not a speakeasy. We're not a pop up. People yeah. call us both of these things. We're not. We're just an unusual bar. Smack their wrists. Yeah. We just you know we just tell them you right. Know, you're not, not a pop up. You're here to stay, mm-hmm. and uh, you're not a speakeasy because you're operating a legal business. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about the process, like when you were dealing with the SLA and you explained this to them? Did they did they think you were crazy? Or, or, well, well, or did you? Uh, well, in <laughs> fact, we are we are operating within an existing restaurant that has a liquor license. Oh. Okay. Uh, there would be no practical way we could get a liquor license for ten people a night. It's just it, we couldn't do it. Right. So so we are within a space that has its own license. Gotcha. Yeah. The and it's pretty clandestine. Like you go and talk, <clears throat> which is the reservation system where you pay in advance. Because this is like buying a ticket to a show. Right. So you go on talk, you get your reservation, and then you don't, you, you get an email back saying mm-hmm. where it is, because you don't even really advertise where you're at, right? Right. And when to show up, and, and you know, you get further instructions come to you by yeah, email. Yeah, we, t- we tell people that it's in East Williamsburg, <coughs> and, and at the morning of, they will get an email uh, describing what the process is. So, if without giving too many details away, like, I, I don't want this to, uh, I don't want this episode to be too vague on, on, the details of the threesome toll booth, but like, if you could give us like a slight like run of show, is that okay? Of course, yeah, sure, sure. That'd be cool. Uh, he's only going to say what he wants to say. Yeah, lay it on us. Um, and, well, and use fuck as many times as you want. By the way, <laughs> yeah. <let's> see, oh, <laughs> shit. You just fucking spill your. I know. Let's put booze there. It's spilled. my stupid thumbs. If you're gonna it's say a swear thumb. in here, if you're gonna swear in here, will you use the f word for? Jesus? Oh yeah, sorry. Fuck. Yeah, cross promo. Come on, Matt. You got any napkins out there? I can't. I spilled I can't. rum all over the technology. I spilled. Yeah, thanks. Um, all right, you ready? You ready to pick table. this back up? Uh, <laughs> You're gonna. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Sorry. I'm uh, having a great time today, by the way. I mean, again, we're on vacation uh, starting tomorrow. Yeah, totally. Um, well, we're always working, though. That's true. Never clock out. Never mm-hmm. clocked out. Never clock out. Same for, for so, Jesse, right? <clears throat> so, so the uh, yeah, so yeah. What's can, the experience? You, you get the email and, and you show up. Well, you you show up at a play, at, at an outside place. Uh, and you're blindfolded and you're no and bound and, and, and gagged. <laughs> told to be there to, at an exact time, uh, and it really does matter. You know, if people are two minutes late, I mean, you can't shift anything. You know, it, it yeah. really it's two minutes less that you have for them. Uh, so you know, they get led in. There, there, there is uh, an entry procedure which we prefer not to talk much yep. about, um, and it's meant to be a little bit disorienting. It's very cool, uh, and and partly even a little bit uncomfortable. Like for a while, you don't really know what's going on or or where you are. Uh, when you do enter the space, people tend to. Uh, even if they know what they're going for, like people tend to laugh uh, because it really is much, much smaller than they thought it would be, and it's very elaborate and attractive. They, you know, they always giggle for a while. Um, there are more introductory things that go on, um, but after you know, after a bit, you know, five minutes, ten minutes or so of this, um, we serve drinks, uh, and they are typically small. Most of, uh, so it'll be a cocktail tasting. There will be, depending on how fast you drink, you know, five or six or seven drinks over the course of uh, over co- the course of an hour. Uh, there's no menu. 
So we'll typically start, uh, for a given season, we typically have one thing that we always start with. And then after that, it's, um, it's entirely up to the bartender. So I will always ask, is there anything you're allergic to? Is there anything you really don't like? Um, I will make a couple of drinks, get a sense of what they do like, and just go from there. And it depends on the season. You know, if it's the summer, we're obviously going to be doing more things, uh, you know, gin, rum. If it's the winter, we're going to be doing more whiskey-based things. But, you know, that completely depends. It depends on what people say. Depend like, I had this cool thing three weeks ago. Now I'm using it all the time. Um, and just go from there. It's like Sleep No More mixed with Attaboy. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I so want to talk about the notion of <clears throat> making people uncomfortable, because I... Love that. Because you're really good at making people I am. feel uncomfortable. I, I try to be. I try to do lots of little things that make people uncomfortable. Because you do it to me all the time, and the, I love it. The first thing I'm trying to do is shift them out of their comfort zone in, in, and, and put them off balance so that then when I do the thing that's delightful, I really blow their doors off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, pour some more room. <laughs> right, and I, I've got an example, and I, I'm uh, similar to your situation. I'm I'm sworn to somewhat secrecy on on telling even where this is, but there's a place. You haven't even told me about it. Well, there's That's a, how I, intense I, this security. Because I, I don't want I want you to go and be I want you to go and enjoy, right? Hey, right, we're gonna drink some. Yeah, let's, let's drink a little bit of rum real quick. Let's see if I can not drop it this time. Yeah. Cheers, cheers, gentlemen. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, so they're finally. Learn how to drink without It's my thumbs, spilling. man. I don't have thumbprints right now, so I have no grip. It's from that... Why don't you? It's a long story. I, 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 uh, Your stories? I've had long? To go, no way. <laughs> I've ended up having to go to a dermatologist. It turns out that my fingers have uh, taken on a, uh, a sensitivity to citrus oils, and that's the only garnish we use at Amori Margo, so my fingers basically have chemical burns. My fingerprints are gone. See, uh, what, that's what's not it's that called? long of a story, and that's crazy. Yeah, really but it's quick. called. Uh, there's. It, is it sun sensitive? It's like this, no, it's, it's not the sun like thing. Photo, there's uh, the margarita dermatitis, right? That's what that one's called, or Lyme, L-I-M-E, Lyme disease. That's the one that the the sun affects. Yeah. This is just my. The citrus oils are burning my oh. my skin. It's just these six fingers where I do twists. You should wow. stop. Stop doing twists. I, I I'm stop twisting the night away, bro. I'm gonna just do oils in a spritzer like this mm-hmm. one here. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so uh, there's a thing I went to uh, similarly. You mm-hmm. make your reservation on Talk. It's very expensive. You pay up front. It's a multi-course meal. It's a, it's a Wait, what's, what's restaurant. Okay, so the, Talk? Talk is a reservation system like Resi. Yeah. Or any of the other reservations. How do you spell it? T-O-C-K. TikTok. Okay. But you pay in advance like a like a concert ticket. And it's, a, it's invented by the guys from the aviary in the office, actually. Talk. The whole reservation system. Because, oh, that's because, how it went. Yeah, because, because they uh, consider their, their, their Micah thing. Micah Mountain is, was saying. Exactly. They consider yeah. their... Yeah, Micah was on. They consider their whole experience like... A show, so you're paying for the show. Mm-hmm. You don't show mm-hmm. up for the show, then you still pay. It's not like making right. a dinner reservation and not showing up for dinner, and then they don't make any money. So you go to this thing, and it's really expensive, and it only seats uh, 18 people. Mm-hmm. And you think to yourself, like, I'm going to spend 400 bucks ahead. So I'm taking a date. Obviously, it's 800 bucks. I'm investing in this date. Better be real romantic and nice. And you get there, and it's a big, giant, long better table. Better fuck. Yeah, mm-hmm. you better fuck. <laughs> it's a big, giant, long table, so it's communal seating. So everybody's a little bit pissed and a little bit uncomfortable that now they have to sit right next to somebody else for this really expensive thing. And you get through, of course, three, four, five, and then they whisk you away. They come out and they say, we'd love to take you back to the kitchen, introduce you to the chef, show you all the things, and you all go out to do the thing. And when you come back, the tables have all been broken into deuces. But every, they told me after the fact, they said every single time, and my time included, everybody continues to talk to everybody. Where if you'd have come into the room and it was just deuces, you'd have never know. gotten to know those people. That's interesting. So I love the notion of being like, let's make them like uncomfortable. A social experiment. Yeah. 
I think some of the things you do are a social experiment. I think even as small as like the fact that I use empty gin bottles as my water bottles at Amore Margo, Mm -hmm. when I come over and pour you a glass of water, your instinct is that dude is just pouring me a huge glass of gin. It's uncomfortable just for a second. Where did you start doing that from? Did you pick that up from somewhere else or was it just like being resourceful? I think it's just innate for me to try and, you know, again, at my bar, which is unique as well, Mm -hmm. there's already so much stuff that my guest isn't familiar with. I want to put them out of place for a second. So it's that, always beef eater bottles, so right? That, yeah, because yeah. they're clear and they, you know. But so I, if I put them out of place for a second, then I can pull them back into a place where I want them, right? So I shift them off their feet and then I put them in a balance where Just I want. Fucking with people's minds, man. But in an effort to, so I, you know, <laughs> I used to give a big lecture about this, and, and it's manipulation, not in a bad. I don't think manipulation is always bad. No. I'm manipulating them in a way that I can then force them to have the best time possible in my space. Love is manipulation, mm-hmm. of course. You know. Anyhow. I like the notion of the pieces of your puzzle that were a little bit off-putting. So and, I know you're going to get... Not off-putting, but that, that made me a little uncomfortable. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I don't know what the fuck's happening right now. Right. I liked it. It's like a roller coaster. Yeah. And then you get this delightful follow-up, and then, and then you're immersed. So I know you're not going to divulge too much information. He's not telling this. us anything. This but is the one show where we talk about nothing. This, yeah, we're doing a great job at it, too. <laughs> um, but for just... I, I can't wait to come and visit, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, but can you tell me about like the, the experience as far as like the, is, is the bar set up like where, where you've got like your two guests, one bartender, Mm -hmm. is it more of like a, like a setup to where you're like the bartender and the guests are like interacting or is it like more of like a, I'm presenting this grand situation to you no no it's it's absolutely interactive um everyone spends the whole time talking to the bartender uh and again they don't have to i say very often i have to almost every time i have to say this you know i'm here for you you're not here for me you know people are very concerned that like they're saying the right things or they're entertaining me or they're talking to me and like you don't have to like if they want to i can make them drinks and they can talk to the to each other if they want it's a bar you know like that we could do that that's the way most bars work um but no i, mean, I think once in the entire year and a half um, you know, for, for each of us, you know, for, for any of us, um, we have a third bartender now, a friend of ours who we've brought in. P.S. I've been asked to come and guest. I was going to ask if we could go <laughs> but you can't and do, do a two. foursome. <laughs> there's no room. I'm telling you, there's no room. There, there really isn't. It was in go. the lavatory of a Southwest flight to Austin or something like that. Like <laughs> That sounds luxuriously large. Yeah. But so, so literally, <laughs> like, no like, 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 like once it, it's happened that like two people have just talked to each other pretty much the whole time and hardly said anything to me. It's, it's always interactive. They're always talking. Uh, and it's a big part of the experience. I, I, I can't gush enough about it. I had such Thank a great time. Thank you so much. I also can't, it doesn't matter how much I gush. You're booked out every time you put up reservations. So we're not helping you. You're, <laughs> you're helping us just by being here. Um, but I, I, I did want to circle back to that notion that we talked about me coming and doing mm-hmm. like maybe a series of nights or uh, you know be there one night a week for a, a month or something and, and, and kind of present my own things. But I so nope. adore what, what, what it is that goes on there. Well, thanks. We love that. And uh, in particular, it is very individual. I mean, uh, I do my own things. You know, my colleagues, they do their own things. And it really... Well, you, well, you have to because yeah. there's not even an opportunity to be like, okay... <laughs> Come on down and stage and watch how it works. No, there's no room. What do you? You set up an Instagram live and have your buddy watch it from outside. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Um, but it, it's, I mean, I find that kind of good and bad, to be honest. Because right. Because there are a lot of things, that, like, I don't really know how to make this common thing. Or if someone said, I want it, like, no, but on the other hand, I get to do all the things exactly what I want to do. Like, if I'm, like, I love chartreuse, I use chartreuse all the time. Uh, you know, my uh, colleague does different things. Like, there's something that he makes uh, very often. And, like, he, he got back from France last month with, you know, 29 bottles of this weird, of, of different kinds of this weird thing that he makes in a special drink. I mean, I, I make that on occasion, but he's obsessed with it. Sure. You know, same thing. The, the thing that I make... Uh, the, the drink that I almost always serve as my second drink is a shrub-based drink. I make the shrub myself, and he makes this occasionally. I make it pretty much every time. I like talking about it. I think it's a good drink. It's something that people react to in a particular... Like, how, what they say about it tells me a lot about what they're going to like next. So sure. I, I always do that. Sure, uh, but sure, it's, it's, it's your, entirely up to us. It's your little litmus for, yeah. for the guests. You're reading them out. How, uh, I think I asked you when I was there, but let's, for the for the listeners, how how, uh, how often do you have repeat guests? You got regulars? Um, pretty often. I mean, not regulars like they're coming every sure, week, but we do have a number of people who have come. Let's say more than three times, you know, three or four. I think five is is the maximum, and we do try to take notes what we've made. So they'll come back, they'll get something different, mm-hmm. or at least generally different. Um, so did you take notes when I was there? Uh, in case I, I, I do I, I come again. I don't think I did for you because we were. You know, you had more time. We're doing a different thing, but uh, but but I usually do. Okay. Does do you ever does the magic ever sort of go away for you as the host because you're so yeah. close to the it process? Really, it really doesn't. I mean, it's really I, I look forward to it every week. It's the most fun thing. And if I like if I miss a day or I'm traveling a bit, I come back. It's like God, I really miss doing this. That's uh, great. It's, That's it's fantastic. really great. Yeah. What else are you doing to to professionally? Are you doing anything else? Um, you still well, writing? I, you still I, writing dictionaries? Uh, I'm still. Uh, well, I, I'm still. I, I have a day job working in academic publishing. Oh, okay. uh, I teach. I teach uh, in the Columbia University's uh, MFA writing program. Um, you know, I still do you know language consulting stuff. So nothing. You're just hanging out. So <laughs> pretty much. Just a bunch of dumb shit. <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> just uh, playing video games and getting high. Bunch of top 100 <laughs> smart guys in New York City shit. <laughs> How do you feel about that title now that we're just beating the shit out of it? <laughs> Again, beating I don't the fuck so, out of hey, it. It was on your time, website, like, pal. You edited it. <laughs> have you, uh, this is a random question that, that may or may not have anything to do with anything, uh, and maybe we can connect you if it's not true. Do you know um, Do you know who David Wondrich is? Of course, yeah. You know he's working on a book right now, the Oxford uh, Dictionary of Cocktails or whatever? I had heard, yeah. Maybe you should and, be on the team. Uh, well, he knows more than I do about this, but... Uh, well, you know how to yeah. do it, though. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's written a dictionary before. <laughs> he might need some help. Right? I mean, There's a lot of formatting know. going on in there. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd love to talk to him. And, of course, one of the, one of the things I'll about this... I'll introduce you, because he reached out to no, me to write an, to, to write an interview. He was on the show uh, yeah, just a few weeks ago. Yeah, July 4th. Mm-hmm. No, in fact, we, uh, we had a brief interaction on Twitter. Um, the other, uh, the, the most recent uh, long, uh, release of new words from the Oxford English Dictionary, they had an entry for Amaro. Uh, so I mentioned it to him, like, hey, do you, can you know anything more about this? And he, uh, we had a little back and forth about that. Um, but no, one of the things that is a little bit bothersome, you know, I, I don't have a background. I, 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 didn't, I haven't worked in a regular bar or restaurant at all. And, you know, I, I would like to know that th- there's a lot more that I would like to know. I could be better. Uh, I could know more about that sort of thing. Uh, I don't really know people in the industry because we're really not connected to it in that way. Yeah. And that is something that I miss, in fact. Hmm. Well, anytime you want will, to come by, I will Grand introduce Army. you. I will introduce you. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. uh, because I think, uh, frankly, I just think you guys would be pals. Well, but also, also, he lives down the street from from, from my G- bar, yeah, from, from Grand Army. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be a great meeting place. That's a perfect place for a meeting of minds that like to drink. Yeah. Um, what are you going to do with your month off? Work on some new cocktail ideas. Yeah. I hope. 
Um, what does that mean? Go out to cocktail bars and glean some yeah, ideas? What's your, what's your process? Do you do you do you go to distilleries, wineries, breweries? Do you go like have food and like kind of like work on an idea based on that? Like, I mean, obviously the, the, um, all those are factors, but um, not not much food based. I mean, we we uh, just occasionally started now having just very very light snacks. You know, just like pour into a glass kind of thing. No, I mean, you know, but, nuts, but 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 inspiration some, for new cocktails. Um, yeah, n- not generally, not necessarily in the bar. Not but. not generally from food. It's more like trying interesting things. And uh, you know, here's this weird liqueur that we've never heard of. Like, what could we do with this? And uh, just experiment for a while with that uh you know we'll we'll read things when we can like you know and something that seems unusual like we have to give this a try see what it's like um we tend very much to prefer classic or classically based cocktails we don't like things that are you know 12 ingredients and you haven't heard of nine of them uh sure you know sort of like you don't have the room well we don't have the room uh certainly (laughs) the room for that kind Um, of inventory but, but even if we did it's not it's just less of our style like you know yeah Three ingredient cocktails. This is a book. Like I, I mention this to people all the time. Like this no, is like twelve bottle bar. Yeah, um, Rob, Robert Simonson's book. Three ingredient. Yeah, cocktails. no, that's what I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, so uh, we do have room for a fair amount of stuff there, but yeah. of course not everything. So you know, we get the things that we want to be making stuff with, and uh, and go from there. So you know, we have no, we don't have a single bottle of vodka in the bar at all. Uh, we probably have a dozen different kinds of gin at any given time. Yeah, choice. Uh, I will tell you this. Uh, I I have really clear and very good memories of going. I don't really have many memories of the drinks themselves. Because <laughs> that's not what that bar's about. They were classic cocktails. They were delicious. I had an incredible time. That's what that bar's about. Well, and, isn't that the 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 takeaway that hopefully all the time for, for pretty much any occasion, right? Yeah, yeah like, hopefully all the time. I remember who I was with. I remember the things we talked about. I remember you definitely want to looking like, around the space and taking and it in. Yeah, and 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 you know, it sounds like how small it is. That would take two seconds, but no, there's so much in there to look at and to see how the inner workings of this thing happen. You know, because mm-hmm. it's everything. It's it, it, you. You jokingly said something about an airplane bathroom, but like everything is like has its place and its meaning and its purpose and a its place for everything and everything in this place. Man, yeah, because we, it has we, to be. You yeah, put we, one thing out of place and the place is, is a wreck. Right? Because it's so small that any one thing out of place is making it, it's terrible. It's sloppy yeah. now. I mean, we, we've had to reorganize several times just to make everything a little bit better and still there's, you know, it gets uncomfortable by the end of the evening. I mean, you can't stretch out. There's really, you know, for the bartender, there really isn't <laughs> any room to, you know, to right. walk around. You gotta stand there the whole time because there's no room to even like squat down and, and stretch your knees. There's no back of house you can go hide in or no. take a break. Or... Nope. <laughs> it's like fucking... I can't wait to check it out. Oh, I can't well, wait to have you there. This is, uh, I, you know, more than anything uh, out of the, uh, the information that we've gained from this show today, uh, it's mostly I'm just inspired. Inspired by, like, making it's something It's an inspiring work, place. Making right. something work with such a small space and also... Just championing the word "fuck," you know, like I mean, like this is like a, like a, a two-parter, like just just really inspiring uh, episode that we've had today. Jesse, thank you for being on the show today. No, well, thank you so much for having. It's great, um, Southern. Do you want to talk about anything that you got going on? Uh, Always. Also, Andrew, thank you for sitting in on the show today. Oh, you I got just... all those chains on, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, he just has two two chains. He's wearing two chains. <laughs> two chains. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for bringing us this great toolkit from Jägermeister. Absolutely. Swag bag of Jägermeister tools. Thanks so much. It's a huge uh, no, it was very favorite kind of you brand of mine. Everybody knows that. Yes. Uh, I do have a few things to say. I wanted to answer your question from earlier, and I, I went to the metrics here. To mine? To, 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 yeah, your question about how, okay. many, how many people, uh, uh, how many countries, questions. how many countries we're in. 
I scrolled down the whole thing. I stopped counting when we got to countries that had less than 35 listeners, and I was over 100 countries. No shit. Uh, yeah. And, and, and the, it still goes on. There's probably another 100 that, still, that have less than that. But it's crazy. It's a lot. That's got to feel so Let's cool. go all the way to the bottom. Who's at the bottom? Who, who needs to listen more? <laughs> <laughs> the last one. I don't even know where this is. It's one past Somalia. Uh, S-E-Y-C-H-E-L-L-E-S? Seychelles, yeah. The Seychelles. Island group. Get your shit together. Seychelles only got one listener out there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Seychelles, spread the word. <laughs> um, That's amazing. You know, that is amazing. <laughs> it's it's really fun to uh, to look at those uh, those numbers and connections, you know, and like see yeah. see who's listening out there. And you know the, the the most exciting part about it, and I think that Jesse would agree with this, is that it's not about they're probably not cocktail bars in like in in Tonga, for instance. Like, for instance, where yeah. we have one listener. Yeah, <laughs> but the the cool thing is like there's enthusiasm behind it, you know, behind cocktails, sure, and history and spirits and the uh, the techniques and and everything. So that's really cool to have the uh, just like the, the overall like joy and enthusiasm behind yeah, man, what is we do and talk about, and you know. Sorry for any of those countries out there that don't really like the word fuck, but we, uh, <laughs> remember when Giuseppe, Gonzalez, this is before you were was, on the show. That's what I was going to say. Are we going to, Giuseppe Gonzalez was on the show record. like four or five years ago. Yeah. And, uh, he said fuck over 300 times and we had to put a, well, we didn't have to, but we did. We put a, uh, one of the tipper gore, like parental advisory, uh, explicit lyrics. Yeah. Things on the. Uh, um, yeah. And then, so beyond that, uh, let's look at the calendar real fast. Uh, obviously, you and I are taking off tomorrow to go down to New Orleans, my former my former hometown. Um, one of yours. Yeah, one of my many. Um, <laughs> you got a lot of X's. Oh, <laughs> I do. Uh, next week's show is going to be awesome. It's Josh Polina, who's been standing outside the front door of Death & Company for the past three years. Rain, shine, or snow. He's the doorman. Uh, where they don't take reservations. So the door lines up right at 6 o'clock when they open, and they're automatically full, and then it's a wait list all night long. Yeah. And I want to talk to him about how he deals with people. At the same time, we're having Santi Daddy on. Santi has manned, yeah. has manned the phones at PDT, where they do take reservations yeah. for the past five years. And she talks often about how the first 45 minutes of her day, because they don't answer the phone until 3 p.m. They only take reservations for night of. She's like, the first 45 minutes of my day are amazing. I say yes to everyone. The remaining seven hours and 15 minutes, I say no to everyone. It's horrible. That's such a weird, stressful. Such a weird, I'm curious to know how these two gatekeepers do their jobs. And if you're listening out there, shoot us questions via Instagram or Twitter, uh, and we'll try and answer your questions on the air with those two. Um, And then upcoming shows include Amy Zavato, who wrote a new book called Prosecco Made Me Do It. Um, Rob Morton's going to be on. Um, oh, Rob. We yeah. got uh, uh, Ben Rojo, uh, Charlotte Wasi. Um, yeah, man. Lots, uh, Freddie Sarkis is coming up. Ooh, I love Freddie Sarkis. Um, James Toon, Masa. I don't know how to say Masa's last Yola name. Yola is coming on, and too. Bo, and Greg Boehm are all coming on to talk about their new project, which I went to their uh, friends and family last night at uh, Katana Kitten. Really awesome new Japanese-inspired bar from, from the, that team. Uh, yeah, a lot of great shows coming up. Heck yeah, man. But so, first, a vacation in New Orleans. Vac- quote, unquote, vacation. It's not a vacation, man. I'm giving two talks and working one You know what, shift. though? Fuck that shit. Because the thing is... <laughs> fuck that shit. No, seriously. What we do for work 
in the industry, and I want everyone to to know this. Uh-oh. Like, no, it's it's true. Know, like, when when we travel for work, it's like, and like a lot of people when they go on vacation, like they work normal jobs, they go on vacation, and what do you do when you go on vacation? You see sights, and you mostly eat and drink. Yep. In our industry, when we go on work trips, we're eating and drinking and seeing some stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's kind of his vacation, but it's, it's a little bit of both. It's, it's uh, a I'm, bit of both. I'm bartending Thursday night. I'm giving two different talks on Saturday, and I'm bringing a Zoom recorder and yep. going to record people like we did last year. We and yeah, we need to talk about that after the show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you should got, maybe grab one too. Right? No, we'll do, we've got to do it together. Well, we're not always together. We should be. Oh, all right. <laughs> I'm going to put a ring on it right oh, now. Oh man, is it going to be one of them big no, turquoise but, uh, ones you wear? <laughs> I don't want you walking sideways like from wearing one of my rings. <laughs> They're really heavy. They are. Um, but no, we uh, we should. Uh, We're gonna. We we should definitely like. When do you leave from Tails? Monday morning. Monday morning. You want to do pig and punch bacchanal on Sunday? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. All right. So everyone, hit us up if you want to do any of that stuff. We're gonna be at the Spirit Awards on Saturday night. Hopefully, taking home a prize, a plate. You know who's gonna win? Us. Well. I'm, I'm not competitive. If Wondrich wins, I'll be so mad. He has a set of plates he, already. He already said that he he's not allowed to. He's got win enough any plates awards, to set to have a dinner party. That that's a real thing. He's got enough because the award is a plate. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. he's but, got enough but, of those to do a dinner party. He said. Yeah, exactly. He said he and Julie Reiner were just gonna have a dinner party with all their <laughs> crystal plates, and I want to be part of that. <laughs> but uh, but we're in good company. We've got Barnon. We've got uh, Life Love Barnard Love Bars. Eric Castro. One of my. Um, Greatest got, pals from across uh, the, the country. Yeah, we've got bartender at large. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, we got, uh, yeah, we're up against uh, no, the only one I don't know is the guy from Whiskey Cast. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. We've got a lot of, uh, lot of good people. Good company. Strong competition. Uh, and we'll be at the awards ceremony. I'm going to wear my kilt. Yeah. It says formal attire. That's what I wear when I go formal. I'll wear a. A Stetson? White hat instead <laughs> of a black hat? I don't know. Is, is white considered more formal in, I'll, in the I'll, cowboy I'll wear world? a freshly pressed tank top. Uh, nice. <laughs> anyway, that's it for the show. Um, we got to get off air here, and uh, I, I want to thank everyone for being on the show today. It's been a lot oh, of wait, fun. Real quick, how can people find you? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, threesometollbooth.com. That's where, that's where it's at. Perfect. With T H R E E or three? T H R E E. That's important. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. is important. Recent uh, and then you can make your reservations once a month. So get on there as quick as you can. They they burn up quick. Yeah, man. All right, that's it for the speakeasy this week. Thank you so much for you beautiful beautiful people being on the show. Yeah, beautiful fucking people being on the show. Uh, here's our fucking listeners. Here's our fucking listeners. Cheers, guys. Thanks so much. Cheers. And uh, we'll see you down at Tills, and then we'll see you next week. All right, cheers, y'all. Cheers, guys. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? 
rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.